Can you curse on your podcast? Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Joan Pettit. And I'm Guthrie Straw. We're broadcasting from Portland, Oregon, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. This is the show where we bring you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. We cover bicycling, trains and transit, infrastructure, ventures, and today... Daryl Shines. Hello, everybody. I'm Daryl Shines. I'm uh, the owner of a, I guess it's, I started my company, it, it was called The Intersection in 2005. Um, it's uh, post-COVID, it's re-emerged as Black Sage Pass. Um, I'm an event production, I'm an event producer. Um, my company produces uh, events around the world. Um, we do tours primarily and we set up tours which means that we do rehearsals and sort of prepare bands for tours we get like i've done metallica and guns and roses and lots of britney spears and lots of different bands and we palletize their water and figure out how many batteries they're going to need for tours and all of these things that uh trains planes and automobiles um yeah there's not many of us that do it and and um i'm pretty proud of what of what i do and and I'm pretty happy about bringing it to Portland into this new facility. Um, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting time. So Daryl, tell us about um, where you've lived and how you ended up here. I know that's oh, wow. quite a story, isn't it? <laughs> um, I, I lived in, um, well, I'm, I'm divorced. I've been divorced for two and a half years. Um, prior to that, I lived in Italy for 14 years. Um, I had a venue, an art space there with my ex-wife called uh, Cafe Internazionale um, in Palermo, Italy. Um, prior to that, um, I was a stage manager and a production manager and tour manager for too many bands to really start naming now. Um, I've been blessed. Um, I lived in New York. I'm from San Francisco. Uh, I've, lived, I've lived in Paris for a couple of years. Um, many years ago, I've lived outside the country for the more than 20 years of my life. So it's a big, I, have, I suffered from a bit of culture shock arriving, returning to America. It's for, it's for real. I've, I've lived, uh, oh, excuse me, I've lived outside the country too and um... Yeah, not never for that long, but it is it is quite something to feel like your own country feels strange, isn't it? Right. So yeah. The place where you're yeah. from. It's really true. And so did yeah, you move coming, go ahead? I was gonna say, did you move from Italy to Portland? Was that no, the, I moved I moved from okay, I went to Spokane, Washington, where my mother is to take care of my mother prior to Portland. Um, she was, uh, needing some help during COVID. So I left San Francisco. I have an RV. I left San Francisco and went to Spokane for nearly a year and worked out of my RV during, in isolation. 
um, until I was uh, vaccinated in, in March. And then I started to plan my move and I planned on going to Africa on April 17th. And then the COVID strain, the uh, South African strain hit Africa. So those plans were, were canceled and then um, are postponed. And then an opportunity aris, arose for me to uh, come to Portland. And one of my clients, uh, PDX Jazz, you know, I talked to my friend here and he was like, well, maybe you should consider Portland. You know, when, when post-COVID, things should be interesting here. I visited here for a couple of weeks and I liked it. And uh, I saw a, a blank canvas. That's sort of what I see in Portland right now is I see, uh, I see people really want, I mean, I'm a black man and, uh, and I see that there's a great opportunity for some systemic change. And I don't really see that happening other places. So I thought, why not set up an ownership situation here and see what happens next? To be thinking that you are going to be going to back overseas and then you're like, well, okay, Portland. <laughs> I guess I'll be in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a big, that's a big mind, mind and, and set I had, difference. Exactly. I had to make the decision in like three weeks, you know? So it was a big old, I knew I had to leave Spokane, right? And I thought I can either go to San Francisco or, or I can go, my kids are in Italy. I can go to Italy, but there's no work there. You know, I'd just be stuck in Italy. Um, so I thought Portland. So were you in New York for a time as well? It's one of those things where I'm in New York and I get like mixed around like Portland. I know where I am, but New York is like, what, where are we going? Huh? What happened? And then I like hop on the subway and it's a whole different, uh, like mind meld of, uh, usually I have pretty good, like North, South, East, West directions. Um, and New York like really screws me up. So I always have to, that's one place I always have to check. Like, New York is I? a grid as well. It is, New York but is it's a like, grid as well. I know, and that's why I'm like, it should be easy, yet at the same right. time, here I am, like, lost. Uh, <laughs> right. Like, if I can find my way to, um, what is it? Uh, not Second Theater. Uh, there's, like, that comedy place up. Uh, uh, it'll come back to me. Oh, I don't know. Oh, good. So Portland's Portland's weird for me, by the way. Oh, yeah? And I know okay. it's, laid, it's laid out really easily for you, and but I haven't, like, figured that out yet sort of like me in new york like i figured out new york but portland i just sort of right i feel like i'm riding my bike around and then i suddenly realized god i could have went that way and saved myself half an hour oh gotcha were you doing a lot of bike riding when you were in new york as well yeah but in a more confined area okay you know to go from the bronx to to brooklyn is not easy mm. on a bicycle yeah. It's not really laid out. It's certainly laid out so that like you can, I ride, I ride everywhere, DC, wherever. Um, you know, I worked as a messenger for a little while. I mean, I like riding the bike, so it's not an issue, but um, it's not like, it, like riding in New York is nothing like riding in Portland. It should be new, but Portland is just laid out so wonderfully that like you just want, you want to ride. I'm blissed out when I'm riding here. Yeah. Yeah, like the ride we were talking yeah. about uh, this morning too. Yeah, it's got it's got some good stuff like that. that I like that perspective, um, and I'm that's part of why I'm appreciative that you agreed to come on and chat with us. Is like it when you live here for the time you do, you start to see 
like it's harder to see above the 50% line. You start noticing those things that you're like, oh, like this intersection kind of sucks or like that felt really dangerous and like I didn't feel safe. But like it, it's always good to remember, like I get my my city goggles on, like I was in Seattle recently and I'm just like, I, if I lived here, I would be like, okay, fine, this is whatever. But like as, as somebody who's visiting or out of, I would assume if I'm getting to know a place, I would just be like, oh, wow, like it helped me experience Portland again, like a newer light. Like I was able to take off my like old curmudgeon-y like transportation goggles. Um, Cause usually my mindset is pretty like infrastructure focused. And if there's not good infrastructure in key places to have the city like follow through with its commitments, you know, it's, it's like- I think it's the only issue sometimes. I had- Yeah, really, it's true. The only issue I had is like, I just didn't understand what some of the, some of the insignias meant. I didn't understand like which way, like how do I make a left from the green lane? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that's not really properly, like I don't, I, you know, you just sort of do it, but it gets dangerous sometimes if you don't really understand wh where the lanes sort of begin and end, which it, you, you get it after a while after being here. But at first you're, if you're as a tourist, if you just get on like one of those like rent-a-bikes or something, you're, you're, you could really get hurt. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful here other than it's 113 degrees or something today. Yeah, it's yeah. just nuts. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not nuts. It's, it's, anticipate, it's, it's able to be anticipated, have but no at control the same over time, that. it's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, we were talking a little bit earlier. You got a chance to take a ride this morning, um, and I thought your descriptor of it was pretty great. Uh, do you mind sharing that? You know, sure. it was 113 today, but it sounds like you got into a little well, bit this morning, earlier. Yeah, this morning, like 5.30 or so, um, I went out I went out for a bike ride. And uh, I was literally, like, I, I, I took a, a trip from the Steel Bridge down to, what do you call that other bridge, the Tillamook Bridge? Tillicum. The Tillicum, well, say it again, please. Tillicum. Tillicum Crossing. Tillicum, Tillicum Crossing. That's okay. Tillamook is something. That's just something else. So you're not okay. wrong about What's Tillamook. Tillamook? It's a... There's a street and it's a town out towards the coast in Oregon, and it's a very popular brand of dairy products, ice cream, butter, all that ah, sort of thing. That's where I saw that before. That's where you yeah. saw yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. So Tillicum. <laughs> so I, the third time around, the first time I was like, ah, it's 5.30 in the morning. I was a bit disgruntled, like, oh God, I don't know if I can do this. What am I out here this morning for? And the third time around, I was... I, I was telling Guthrie, I was so blissed that I just had this huge smile on my face, just really happy to be alive, happy to be in Portland, happy to be, you know, I mean, we've lost a lot over this last year and a half. And having that moment of like clarity, that like all is cool with me for right now was what happened this morning. Mm -hmm. So that was a beautiful experience. What are some of the other places you've gotten a chance to ride since coming into town? Oh, wow. See, I don't know the names of places. So for me, it's like, I sort of make things up. I make up a name like that. The Till the Tillicum Bridge was the bridge that everybody walks their bike across. Because every time I was riding, I'd see people walking their bikes across. So, Definitely. Um, yeah, I didn't really, I, I sort of put my head down and ride sometimes. So I don't really pay attention, unfortunately, to which direction I'm going. And I haven't been here long enough to like, you know, stop and go, oh, that's that bridge. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. really in that sightseeing mode. I've sort of like get the exercise in. 
you know? And then if I see something like stunning, I'll stop and take a photo or whatever and keep it moving. If I can, if I can like spread love and spread positivity and even on my bike, if people see me riding by full speed smiling and they smile like, ah, there's a black guy smiling and they smile, I'm okay with that at this point in my life. You know, you'd been exploring the waterfront and have been around downtown, I'm guessing. Uh, I've been you... I've been to Southeast. I've been to Mississippi area. I, I rode, I ride to Home Depot. I ride to like, the what is that? The Rebuilding Center. Mm-hmm. Like up on, on, Miss, um... on Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, that's a great spot, isn't it? Yeah. That's a great place. I mean, I've, I've ridden, I think all over the city, but like, like I haven't, I don't know how far out I can go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when the perimeter begins or ends at some point. Yeah. I just sort of ride. And like some people have told me, like, don't go too far outside of the city because like there's a, the, the other dynamic. Mm. So, and you know, so how do, I don't, I don't, I haven't, I haven't had that happen yet, but you know, I'd say, you know, something fun that that you can do is, um, you know, the neighborhood greenways, right, are the streets in Portland that are marked with the sharrows. Is there a map? It's called, they're actually called sharrows. Yes. Well, I don't know if that's an official name, but that's what people call them, like the share the road arrows. But I mean, you can just follow those usually a greenway is going to intersect with another greenway at some point. And that can be a really fun way to kind of explore to just like connect the different greenways because they will take you all over the city. I mean, sometimes they don't connect perfectly, but a lot of times there is a system. And yeah, the city does have some some bike maps uh, that, that kind of tells you where a lot of times they're not the busiest main roads, right? Like they're a block or two over. So you can kind of miss, so you have to kind of know where the commercial districts are if you want to go explore those. But um, that can be a really fun way to see what's around is just following those routes. That'll be my post heat wave agenda. Yeah, and I think there's over 350 miles of it. So like depending on where, you know, it's all kind of networks together, uh, but depending on like how ambitious you are, like when I first moved to town, my plan was like, I'll just ride every single one. And eventually, you know, life got busy. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff to, to ride and they connect really well. Um, they're usually those calmer streets that, you know, you're talking about kind of like finding your way around. Um, and that's something I'm curious about because uh, what it seems to me is you're very good at is like the, the just riding around. Like, I don't need to have a destination. I don't need to know like where I'm going to be, but I do know how I want to feel and I know how I want to like experience this and sense it. Um, and I'm curious, like, are there, do you notice things that guide you in that as you're going around? It's just like, hey, I, I'm out and I like end up where I end up. Um, long shady pathways um, I'm, I'm attracted to. Um, my friends are telling me I should go to Forest Park. Is that what it's called? Is that, have you ridden your bike there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, See? it's got, it's pretty good. The, like if your tires are pretty narrow, um, it's a little bit bumpy, but there's sort of a main, I, I think it might've used to be like a lumber road. Uh, so it goes pretty much on contour with the hillside and you sort of come in and out of these little switchbacks. Uh, better, better on a mountain bike. I wouldn't say you need a mountain bike for it. I think this time of year, you could do it on any bike. Uh, maybe I'd recommend the, you know, have, have a buddy who could like 
I, I don't think you need to over prepare. Um, but at the same time, it's good to know like, hey, if I get a flat tire, like I might be maybe a little bit out of town uh, on, on most considerations. Right. I can fix my tire, thankfully. But yeah. Yeah, yeah you're good to go. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, I mean, I've been in, uh, in Forest Park. I've been, I have like a cyclocross bike. So it's got knobby tires and just, you know, uh, slightly wider. And that's fine. So, um, and probably thinner road bike tires would be okay too, but I think it'd be a little more comfortable if you had some wider tires, but it's, it's great there, especially if you go, um, you know, it can be really crowded on the weekends, but if you can go, like if, if you're riding early in the morning, um, that would be a great place to go. It's, it's one of the biggest urban parks, like parks in a city in the U.S., I think. What are some of the your favorite places to bike in the city? I, I want to ask both of you. Like, what do you like? What do you, where do you recommend that I go? Like, Daryl, you got to check out this place. If you are know, you, are you? How because, long are you riding your bike for? Like, when you're saying uh, normally a couple. It isn't like you guys. Normally, like not all day. Normally, it's like a few that's, hours. That's not. You know, that's, that's more than we ride sometimes. Most of yeah. the time. Yeah. You know. Hey, I got to work. Great. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna go home. Yeah, I mean, normally, <laughs> normally, on average, I ride like two hours a day. Oh, nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's a ton. That's a ton of riding. That's a ton of riding. I don't. I'm not riding that much. So yeah, that's. Uh, gosh, there's some and, really. And, and sometimes it's in a circle. Yeah. You know, I'll do yeah. But generally, about two hours a day. So the the waterfront where you went, yeah, in the East Bank, East Bank Esplanade, that's that's great. And uh, I think especially if you go when it's not crowded, when it's really busy, or when there are festivals or events, like I stay away. There's a really, early in the morning. Yeah, there's a really uh, great ride you can do if you're looking to climb some hills. Uh, you can go down basically to Selwood and up through Riverview Cemetery and up to Council Crest, which is the highest spot in Portland. And um, it's just, a, it's like you huff and puff to get up there, but it's just a gorgeous view. And you get, I think you get views of Mount St. Helens and Mount Hood from up there oh, maybe. Wow. At least maybe, mm -hmm. definitely at least a couple peaks. And uh, it's just, it's just gorgeous up there. And it really gives you, I mean, you, you basically climb up really high from the river. Um, and that's, that's a great, that's a great, great ride. I love, ride. that's my kind of my in town when I want to like really get some exercise and like be on my bike and really enjoying my bike, but I don't have time to like get out of town. You know what I mean? I'll and do then, that then. Yeah. Yeah. And then another uh, ride that people really like is along the Springwater Corridor. Uh, okay. And that's, Springwater Corridor. yeah. And that's a ride that will, um, it follows a Creek for part of the way. Basically it was just created as a long Basically, it's not for cars, right? So uh, bikes, people on foot, scooters, all that sort of thing. And that goes, gosh, I don't even know how many miles that goes. But um, yeah, how, where's where's that where's that from Old Town? How far is that from Old Town? You can you can pick it up. Basically, if you're on the East Bank Esplanade, right? So on the east okay. side of the river, and you go south to Omsi, the museum, you can you can get the Springwater um corridor or the spring water okay down that way you can nice. also kind of like loop it back halfway so you know if, if you're let's say old town's here and you head down 
Springwater kind of runs like east-west. <laughs> okay. You do you can do that loop otherwise. Um, but there's lots of ways to kind of like tie it back into Portland. So if you wanted to come through some like meandering routes of southeast, um, that can be a good one. There's also one that uh, it's like a you're asking like good good rides and like favorite rides and. Um, I usually do a pedal palooza ride every year called the Guthrie ride. Like the, the premise is, is that when um, like I meet new people or I have friends coming into town, there's like this one route that I like to show them. And it is kind of a longer ride and, and usually is done at night uh, just because it's lower traffic and it feels like you have the space and the streets a little bit more to yourself. Um, but that goes up. It does go into crosses the I-5 bridge into Washington, but it stays right alongside the river. So you kind of get to look at the Columbia and you can kind of look back into Portland as you're riding along. Uh, and it's got this really neat dock out in the middle of the Columbia that's kind of like the furthest out point. Um, so usually we take like a halfway stop there and you just get to like hang out, look at the river. Uh, it's like surrounding you kind of 360 panorama. Uh, and that can be like a really, can be a pretty like special place to just spend some time uh, and, nice. and to reach there by bike is always kind of a treat as well. Um, so I don't know, I don't know of anything that gets you like more like, like out into the element. Um, I think for, for the co-hosts here, my guess, although sometimes we try our competitive side, um, it usually goes horribly. Uh, we're more like <laughs> casual riders, you know, like we're looking for stuff that's uh, mellow, not fast paced, like everybody could hang with and uh, all ride together or at least not be like too far apart. Um, the, the other thing I'd think to mention would be just pedal palooza rides. Um, if you're if you're open to or looking for more like social aspect, like I love the rides I take by myself, but I also like the rides where like I get to meet people and just kind of learn a little bit more about the neighborhood and um, about the different kind of like things that are happening. Uh, so I've yet like to do a group you... ride in I've yet to do a group ride in Portland, but I'd be interested. Oh, okay. And, and but I, I don't want to jump. I don't. I, I yeah. I, it's hard to understand which ones are mm -hmm. good. You know. Yeah, I think the, one of the nice things about the Portland, uh, like how prolific cycling here is, is that there's a lot of good rides. Um, right. And yeah, it's just kind of like when like when there's time and like urge uh i usually i don't plan ahead too much um but if you're like oh okay that's sweet like i ended up with two extra hours and there's some people who are gonna wear uh like rhinoceros helmets or i, I don't know like uh like like be dressed up as uh like zebra unicorns or something like that like i, I guess i'm on like a nose slash narwhal horn theme right now but um you know there's just like some, these funny themed rides uh and a lot of them don't end up being huge, but they're kind of, you know, short, sweet, and you get to just share this experience with, you know, 15 people, 20 people, and right. a little bit of time riding around. Yeah, I'd say if you see one where the theme sort of strikes your fancy, that's a good one to go on. Or it's like, you know what, I feel like going, you know, and if, if you like riding in the morning, sometimes there are early morning rides. And so, you know, you could find your early morning riding people that way, maybe, you know, like there was a ride called the was it called the Car Free Portland ride? And it went at like 4 a.m. or something. And they were just riding all over the streets because, you know, when there wasn't- Nobody's a, right. Right, right. I did not I, do that ride, so I can't. Nah, <laughs> no, I, I, I could maybe catch the 5 a.m., but the 4 a.m. is a bit much for me. Yeah, 5 a.m. <laughs> is my limit. Yeah, there's some yeah. other rides that go in the morning and different folks do all sorts of 
great ride. That, it's a good calendar because the calendar, people do rides all year, but you know, especially of course in the summer, because usually our summers are, are perfect. The, the reward for a winter of rain, but now, right. you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get a list. I can, I can email you after the show. We'll, we'll get some time and uh, we'll pick like four or five favorites and, and uh, give you some options to choose from or to, to have as they come up here. Awesome. Uh, and, awesome. and I would put Forest Park in that list too, now that you say oh, yeah. it, that is one of my go-to rides. Um, and again, I don't tend to think of it on the crowd, like I wouldn't go on a perfect weather Saturday, right? But I'd go in the morning on a weekday if I'm off or something like that, right? right? You know, so there are different just- rides that, yeah, it's just so, there's just so many people using the park on the weekends that, um, uh, but yeah, it's a, and it's a huge park. There's lots to explore there too. So plenty of maps of that too. I'm curious. Awesome. Carol, Thank you. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Um, I'm curious, you know, you've, you've lived so many places, you've ridden so many places, I'm guessing, uh, like what have some of your favorite experiences been? Like, if you think back over the last five or 10 years, like what, what stands out for you? Um, and what was uh, Zan- Zanzibar, riding my bike in, around Zanzibar and tires blowing out like every day because it's so hot. The road is so hot that you literally have to, you have to have a backpack full of like spare, spare, spare tubes. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, that is really interesting because that you mentioned Zanzibar and the heat there because uh, I actually was the, in Zanzibar a couple of years ago with my kids. And just the other day, my uh, one of my kids was saying he thought that's the hottest place we've ever been because <laughs> we were talking about the heat here. We weren't on bikes there, though. Uh, so yeah, it was it was. Yeah, the, the 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 heat, you know, you saw, you know, where were you? In Zanzibar. Uh, we were on, I can't remember the name of the town, but it would have been the east side of the island. So close to the Stone yeah, Town. I, yeah, uh, no, we weren't. I mean, I went into Stone Town, but we were not in town. So ah, okay. We were Boo-boo-boo. like, yeah, maybe on the other side. So, okay, gotcha. Kendwa. I know, yeah, anyway, I know the island really well. I was there for two and a half months and uh, spent a lot of time on my bike there and, and blew out countless tires. That's amazing. So did you bring a bike there or did you get it there? I got it there. You got it there. I, I, I rented a bike there at first and then I ended up buying one because uh, the rental just didn't really make sense. So I ended up buying a bike and just like customizing it. And uh, yeah, it's and then when I left, I gave it away. It was it was a fantastic time, but I blew so many tires there. Oh, my God. Were there a yeah. lot of people on on bike? No. No. There were a lot, there were a lot of, I, I guess, hold on, let me, I rephrase that. There were a lot, people use the bike for transport, normal transportation, right? So for me, exercising on the bicycle and like taking the adventures I was taking on my bicycle were weird for them. I was the weird guy. I was a weird American guy. Mazungu Maisa. You know? Does that mean weird yeah. American guy? <laughs> basically, yes. It, just, it, means, it means white black man. Oh, oh, right. Because that's how they're, yeah, yeah. So it's not, yeah. It's right. until they got to know me, I was Mizungu Maisa. And then they're like, oh, that's just D. Nice. <laughs> but at first, it was. <laughs> did you ride your bike a lot in Italy too? I did. Um, I had a single speed, my favorite bike, and it got stolen. 
but riding through the cobblestone streets in Italy and knowing the exact line is the key because you could really die if you hit the wrong rock going at, you know, at night or something. But like if you hit the right lines and you know which way you're going and in, in Italy, it's fantastic. And then like the, the roads and the mountains were just, I, I skateboard as well, longboard. So, you know, the roads and the mountains were just hazardous and wonderful and, you know, absolutely beautiful. It's, it's, it's the Sicilian countryside. You may have to like, there's sheep crossing the road every now and then. So you have to stop and let the sheep go across and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's insanely beautiful. Yeah, I think everybody should be able to experience riding your bicycle in like Torino. I, you know, I rode in Torino and like my, my ex-wife is from North Italy, but I still prefer Sicily. Because better pizza, right? <laughs> much better well pizza's invented like well not in sicily but what in uh in uh naples right mm -hmm. yeah I, I i don't actually know so I'll, I'll take your word for it yeah yeah it's been in naples okay nice i would like to get more black people into biking because historically i don't know if you're aware of this but think about a black man biking if you see a 50 year old black man biking what do you think he can't afford a car yeah, it's associated, That's, right, right, right. It's associated with poverty or transit. He must be needing to do that to get somewhere because he can't. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like he's out exercising or enjoying his day on his bicycle. You know, he's. You know, so that I'd like to figure out a way to change that way of thinking. And I, I'm aware that there's like black bike rides and that sort of thing in Portland. But I, I as a, as a recent, uh, as a newcomer to Portland, I'll put it that way. Um, I see a lot of fragmentation in the black community and I don't see a, a, a true community structure. There's no oneness that I see yet. There's not that one, that one resource that you can go to and find out about all the other organizations that are doing the same thing because I keep hearing the same thing over and over again. I've got this thing that does this thing, but I keep it to myself because I don't trust the others. So even with biking, I want to figure out a way that like we can all meet someplace. Hopefully my space can be that sanctuary because I'm not from here and I don't care. I don't care about who was with who. I just want us all black, white, everybody. If you're a real ally to come together and be a part of like something beautiful whatever it is that we're creating now, because like I said, it's, it's up to us. You, I think one thing that people in Portland aren't always good at, and maybe people in lots of places aren't very good at this, but it's especially here. I think that we're not always good at figuring out ways to have conflict and disagree with each other, but not fracture, right? So we're not, in Portland, there's this whole Portland nice thing. We're sort of Nice, yes and it becomes super passive aggressive yeah. and people have you know because you can disagree really strongly with somebody somebody and still be in agreement with them on very important things and still be in friendship with them or community or whatever Fully. and absolutely and uh, i think that that's something that i don't know maybe that's everywhere but here i think people really struggle with that and i don't know if that's part of what's going on well, it doesn't help anything and, and, it, and it, it stops the conversation right where it stops. So until we get past that, then it's just going to be a, a loop, you know, and hopefully at some point, two organizations can get together and then 
five organizations can get together and then 10 organizations or whatever can like decide like, you know what, we're doing the same thing. Why don't we like share resources? You know, because like your community of five and my community of 12, you know, aren't really doing anything for the community at large, bicycling or not. Mm. So, you know, I think that bicycling is a, a beautiful place to start. It's a beautiful place to, because the, the, the brothers that I do see out there, we are all acknowledgement of each other. I don't see very many, but the ones that I see ride hard. You know, we all look up and go, hey, I see you out here. And it's that same way with a few of the white guys as well and a few of the white women, you know? But like that acknowledgement of like, we all ride, we're out here really enjoying our fucking rides. That's it. Mm. And it doesn't really matter what color, shade, creed, religion, any of that is. And if I can like sort of transfer that feeling to like community, you know, then we've dialed something in. Cause I don't know any other way. I don't, I don't, I don't have all this. I don't have all the solutions. I see the passive aggressiveness and I don't, I don't really understand. It's a, it's, it's a, it's no, it's this very Portland specific thing, by the way. As a traveled person, it, it is a very Portland specific thing. And I'm not sure why. I think it's because, you know, the 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 power structure has been like it is and, and the immigration structure has been like it is and things are a little a little Portlandia here sometimes, stereotypically, unfortunately. So hopefully, um, like I said, there's the majority of the people here end up being open-minded people who can actually exact change rather than people who are just talking and being passive aggressive and not able to listen because ultimately making those people irrelevant and obsolete would be the idea. I, you know, like the topic of happiness and the topic of like, how do we, how do we live where we're at? And with, with the time we have it in, you know, the word bliss has come up a couple of times. Uh, do you think you, have like not a definition but just a way you think about bliss about maintaining that space or or that, you'd that, be that to, freedom yeah like like, like willing that, to encompass it yeah i think that for me my bliss my i think it's each person has to find their own personal bliss and my bliss is like like that i'm a i'm a black man so if i'm speeding on on my bicycle down a path and there's absolutely no one and the sun is shining and the wind is in my face, I'm, that's the most free feeling that I have ever had. That is my happy place. I know that I'm not bothering anybody. No one can mistake me for a criminal. No one's gonna harass me. The worst that can happen is like I fall off my bike. Yeah. You know? That's the one to watch out for. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that that for me is a happy place. And that that's my that's one of the places where I'm that's why I get up in the morning and ride my bike fast because of that feeling of like freedom and you know, ha, huh, yeah. You know, I cry, I laugh, I think, I, you know, all of that on my bike rides. And hopefully, um, you know, like I said, that with this blank palette, you know, all of us who are like-minded, we can actually like, I don't know, 
change rather change things rather than just talking about it you know like mm. and that and that's the hardest part like like Guthrie's a white man but Guthrie doesn't have the same vibe as like a racist white man Guthrie hasn't shown me a racist anything you know he's listened to me when I talk he listens and he and he responds and he tells me when I'm wrong and he asks questions when he has questions and that's what humans do but like he doesn't, he's not holding his ego over either over our conversation as if like waiting to like uh, dethrone me as I feel like I'm talking to some people, some white men here, you know? Mm. And, and, and unfortunately it's that, that John Wayneian way of, of thinking, you know, that I'm a man and this little man who was once a slave in this country can't talk over me. Yeah, that kind of toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And you were talking. Oh, sorry, after you, Daryl. No, no, I had. I'm. I'm only shaking my head in agreement. Yeah, I think we all are. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I think uh, you know, in terms of putting that intention out there, and you know, with the space that you're trying to create, um, you know, we usually try to, you know, like closure is always like, hey, if, if there's closure. Um, that that feels better as humans, I think, but at the same time, sometimes there isn't. And uh, I guess what I what I'd say is on on that note, you know, you you have such a unique space. You have a really cool opportunity. You're bringing so much uh, to the Portland community. And um, you know, if, if you want, and you're talking about intentionality behind that, uh, how how can people get in touch? Like if they if they heard yeah. something on the episode that kind of sparked. Or they're like, oh yeah, like fuck yeah, um, I can get behind that. Uh, Absolutely. My email is dshines the number sixty five at gmail.com. Again, that's dshines the number sixty five at gmail.com. Um, my website, which is which is, which sucks, but it's being redeveloped right now, redone right now, is um, vblackstagepass.com the black stage pass not backstage but blackstagepass.com um i'm on facebook blackstagepass and and uh i'm i'm on instagram at blackstagepass um and d shines 1965 on instagram as well is my personal nice. instagram um yeah the easiest again is my email dshine65 at gmail.com and uh yeah, as far as my space goes, it's called Cosmic Studios. Um, I'll officially announce it um, within a, about July 15th or so. Um, we were we had a, a slowdown because of the, the wood cost, the lumber cost, um, mm -hmm. which jumped up 280% over the last month. So dealing with that, and then uh, we should be up and running by August 1st. And we'll be available to, for rent to rent out. We rent out the space for like live podcasts, uh, live videos, video recordings, um, live audio recordings. Uh, it's a 4,500 square foot space. Um, everything will be up on the cosmicstudios.com website um, on July 1st. Nice, which is by the time our listeners hear this. Uh... It will be around the same. It'll first. be pretty close. It'll be pretty <laughs> oh, close. Yeah. It might be 113 cool. outside, but um, 
time continues to pass. <laughs> right. You've got a lot it's, going on. Well, good luck to you. And I, I think I may have too much going on. Yeah. I mean, you'll figure it out, I'm sure, right? Like, you know. No, it's not. It's not bad. You know what it is? It all sort of, it sounds like a lot, but the space allows me to bring everything into one place, which I wasn't able to do before. You know, it's basically bringing all of the elements of managing a band into one space. So now I don't have to go to the rehearsal studio and I don't have to go get the graphic design done by somebody. I don't have to go get the website done. I can just get my guy down, you know, on the other end of the room to do it for me. So it just begins to make sense. Once again, so nice to run into you and um, keep me tuned as stuff comes together. I'm really excited to cool. see what happens with the space. And nice meeting you, both of you. The Sprocket Podcast is produced in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and tell your friends about us. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at sprocketpodcast. Thanks for thanks, thanks to Ryan J. Ling for the theme music. Hurt Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Cameron Leon, Richard Wazensky. <laughs> Richard Wazensky. Tim Mooney. Glenn Kubish. Kubish. <laughs> Eric Weiss, Doug Cohen-Miller, Chris Smith. Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt. Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Drew the Welder. Anna. We'll be home soon. Anna, Andre Johnson, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regrainery. Campsite, McNurse David, Jeremy Kitchen. David Belay. Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel, E.J. Finneran, Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skado, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Jason Oftenberg, David Moore, Todd Grossbeck, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, and Chris Barron! Chris, er... Sean Baird, Simon Pace, Gregory Braithwaite. Dude Luna, Emma Rocks, Cacao, Philip M. Spartan Dale, Mr. T, who never really left, Bike Initiative Keweenaw, Sarah G. Adam D, Go Dig a Hole, Beth Hammond. Greg Murphy, Myra Martinez, also. Isaac M, Byron Patterson, Kirsten Graham. Aaron G, Rachel Moline, Jimmy Diesel, and our newest sponsor, Christopher Barnett. And thanks to all of our former supporters who helped us along the way. Now brush your teeth and go to bed. Woo! We did it! Thanks, everybody. (laughs) 